Welcome back, y'all, to episode 97 of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short-form podcast, informing you as well as entertaining you within 15 to 20 minutes. So sit back, relax, and listen and enjoy the podcast as we get into it. Topics of the day. So kind of looking into some topics around the sports world. Obviously, we have a lot going on. One of them for me really is kind of watching the initial trajectory of Jeff Saturdays, who was the interim coach for the Colts, as a result of Frank um, Richa being being fired. Um, it's been really interesting to see it. You know, I think there's been a lot of criticisms for coach Saturday to come in as the interim coach because he had really no background coaching I think he coached one season ended up like three and seven for I think a juco school then his career transitioned over as an analyst for ESPN where he's worked there but the thing about coach Saturday is he spent 13 seasons with the Colts he's an all-pro center okay worked and he I don't know what you say hiked Peyton Manning, um, you know, a really interesting guy, and he's getting a lot of interesting comments. So this is actually a headline news from Fox News, and it says, Colts hiring Jeff Saturdays as an interim coach is a disgrace to the coaching profession. Okay, this is a Hall of Famer, Bill Kouser said this, and it's like, why are people giving him such a hard time and he's an interim coach and I think too he also pulled Matt Ryan back off the bench and kind of initially doing it but he took home the win against LA um I'm sorry against Las Vegas for the for the Las Vegas Oakland Las Vegas Raiders so you know I think that it's it's too much criticism for the guy he won his first game which is great and it's like why not Jeff Saturdays it's like sometimes in life you don't always need to go with the constant pick obviously leadership saw something in him and I think it's really actually great because it's bringing something new to the Colts franchise and Jeff Saturdays loves the Colts I mean and you know for him to transition off ESPN and going to coaching I think is a really good thing for the franchise you know going back to what he's saying is like you know he has um the press also questioning him too and he's like you know I know you know to quote him, you know, I'm going to butcher this, but he kind of said, hey, I know how to lead men. I'm comfortable I'm comfortable in myself and I can, you know, do the best job I can do. And it's like, I don't really know if you know the game of football, you've played football. Um, you know, what is the difference as being in a coach? You know, you understand the game, you understand the people. And the thing about centers is usually they have some of the highest football IQs. You know, they're not, they're high IQ guys. You know, they have to do a different type of, a different type of football and the rest of the team obviously being on the offensive line. But, I mean, how are you going to say it's a disgrace when he's a pro bowler? You know, he's not coming in as a dude who just played like Madden football. He's coming in as an actual football player. You know, and I think to get this first win is really great. But, you know, to say he's a disgrace to the coaching profession, I mean, he's going to eat those words. 
I think too, coaches want to act like what they do is a really big deal, which I'm not saying it's not, but whenever you have a player coming in who can potentially do it, it really adds a different dynamic. So I think all in all, it's going to be interesting to see how Jeff Saturdays does. I think he's going to do much better than what people are giving him credit for. Um, So that's kind of what's happening in my mind. It's kind of a big story within the NFL. Obviously, the Vikings take it, playing well. It's amazing to see Aaron Rodgers um, beat the Cowboys, which they really needed that win. So in all honesty, you know, I wish the best for Coach Saturday. Love to see interim coaches getting after it. Um, I think to see Catalan Williams as the interim coach at Auburn, coming in with the win, giving them new energy happening within the SEC so for me it's always great to see what interim coaches can do because it's kind of like in itself it's kind of like a dead play you know the coach gets the opportunity to kind of do something a little bit different so transitioning into other elsewhere sports news or things that are interesting Jake Paul is in the headlines again Tommy Fury was having a fight in Dubai Dubai where Jake Ball um, essentially came in and watched it, and there was a controversy or a conflict where Tom Fury tried to come out and actually fight him, and then his father got involved, took his shirt off, and said, I am the original bare buckle, bare knuckles champion. Snatch life. You know, think about Tommy Fury. All the Fury brothers, they have the same father, but multiple mothers, and they're considered to be gypsies within the UK. I'm going to go ahead and play the audio for you guys so you can actually hear the um, what went down between the two. Get in this ring now! Come on! You! Get in the ring now! Get in the ring now! Get in the ring now! Get in this ring! Get in that ring now! Come on! The water's just fine! Get in! How about, how about you get out of the ring now? You get out of here! Come here! No, you can... back and forth between the two i mean it looks fairly genuine to me um i don't know how much of this is smoke and mirrors or hyping up a new fight if you're not familiar tommy fury was scheduled to have two fights with jake paul the first he had an issue where apparently he had a cracked run he had a cracked rib and an infection and the second fight he was titled a situation happened where he didn't have the proper visa that's where Tyson Fury stepped in twice to fight Jake Paul. So Jake Paul's trying to fight him. He goes to the fight. He taunts him. And that breaks out on the sidelines. So for me, you know, and then Jake Paul was essentially asked not to be at the fight anymore because it was a boxing match put on by Floyd Mayweather. And Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather said Jake Paul was distracting the audience. So that to me tells me there's aspects of it that are real. I mean, you do have a flay. 
if it was a conspiracy theory to create more fanfare, I mean, you do have the Paul brothers interacting with Floyd Mayweather, but now you have Logan Paul actually tearing his meniscus, his knee, and popping his his um, Achilles heel after doing a aerial jump off a corner post at a wrestling ring. So, Paul Brothers, I don't know. You know, it's too bad about Logan. I think it's going to be a while for him to heal on that one, and he might not be as athletic as he once was. But if anybody has the money and time to heal, it's him. So, we'll see what happens. I think, in my ultimate opinion, now with the... You know, in boxing now, if you want people to pay, you have to create the conflict. You have to create kind of this this notoriety between them. And I honestly think that, you know, hopefully, like, I would pay to see that fight. I didn't pay to see the last fight with Jake Paul, although it was, you know, it was a good fight. It was even, but with Sylvia, him being 49, it's like, I don't know what the relevance of me watching this fight is. You know, obviously, I did a podcast before where I think, Jake Paul has really taken on the amateur role. And, you know, if he fights Tommy Fury, Tommy Fury is a professional boxer, you know, and I think there's a lot to that, you know, and he comes from a family of boxers. So getting someone his age, his size, you know, we'll really see kind of what Jake Paul has to offer. Um, but, you know, those are kind of the bigger stories of today as it relates to sports. Um, in my opinion, I think you have a lot going on. And I'm going to go ahead and check the Google Trends. It's really interesting kind of getting into these daily trends because you can see what people are searching in the volume. I mean, the first search is Yellowstone Season 5 with over 2 million searches. I actually got done watching some of Yellowstone, so I'm pretty excited about that season. Next year, the Dallas Cowboys, which, you know... U.S. team, we'll see what happens with them. You have the Seahawks with 1 million Steelers, Joss Allen, um, Anthony Johnson, 49ers, Giants, and then you have some soccer for the ninth, and you have the Kansas City Chiefs, you have the Colts. So today there's a lot of searches going on. And what's so interesting is, um, like, it's really, sometimes it just feels like there's obviously a collective for what everyone's doing. Because if you look at this, you know, everything is focused on sports, Number 19 is the Colt versus the Raiders. I just talked about it. Then you have kind of us talking. Today I was talking about a show potentially called Tulsa King with Stallone. And we'll see how good that is. But, you know, I'm not holding my breath. But it's just really interesting how those things kind of, you know, correspond. You know, there's any glitches in the Matrix or that is the Matrix where we all are subject to Googling and following the same data. Because in all reality... If you can see what questions people are asking and what they're looking up, I mean, you have really insight into what's going on and the way people are thinking. I think that's really what Google does really well. Um, I think, too, you also have Dave Chappelle's dialogue on SNL. SNL is really trying to bring it this year, I think, and try to get out of this um, leftist, probably, notion, but community comedy for all, but... The thing about Dave Dave Chappelle is he's so big that when he goes on and he talks on Saturday Night Live, everyone's going to listen and kind of getting into some things with anti-Semitic, not jokes, but just talking about everything that happened with Ye slash Kanye West and Kyrie Irving. So 
those topics are interesting. And I think, too, we're just going to see what happens with this FTX thing. Like, it really blows my mind now coming out that potentially Tom Brady and Giselle had $650 million invested in it. You know, and Tom, and Tom Brady knew him. There's like a TikTok going around where he's like, hey, let me introduce you to my boy, you know, Sam. You know, we're at a Bitcoin conference. So it seems like Tom was all in. And with this blowing up the market, it's going to be crazy to see what happens. I mean, now they're saying that people are tracking SPF and apparently he was flying on a plane from Bahamas to Argentina. Like, it's going to get really weird because there's just a lot of money that just disappeared. And it's really hard to track it. And we're not, once again, it's like, and you had SBF on stage later this year talking about being legitimate and the justification of his company. And he's on stage with Tony Blair and Bill Clinton, okay? And he's dressed up like a bum from a basement. And, you know, it's just really weird how if you are from MIT, you have a degree in physics, people think you just know everything and you're super smart and you're like a wizards and the ones and zeros and people have this preconceived notion. But looking at it now, too, there's like multiple love triangles going on with this company. You have issues with the um, hotel, you know, the hotel they were staying at is like some luxury hotel. He put $250 million into that. So it really seems that, um, you know, SBF was just out spending money like crazy. You know, he's talking about how he was kind of being a good steward, trying to spend money to help people. But it's like he kind of was, it's almost like he was funding kind of like a lavish lifestyle because you see him, you know, groundbreaking for a new building with the president of the Bahamas. So I really think a lot more is going to come out of this story. Um, And it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. I'm still kind of following it. And I'm curious what's going to happen. Is he going to go to jail? Are they going to regulate Bitcoin? You have Mr. Wonderful saying he was a big investor, saying that, you know, he's going to fly to D.C. and try to start regulating Bitcoin and have the federal backing. But if the federal government can back it, it's like, who's going to want to invest in it? I mean, I think that's kind of was the, the initial lure of it. So... More to come on it, you know, and as we start the week, we'll get into more. And I just want to thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.